passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Cafe Hangout. How you doing, John? I'm doing well. It's uh, busy. Lots of stuff going on. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What's going on? I got a new laptop. Did you? It looks exactly the same. It is exact, almost exactly the same. So, what is the latest on uh, on the status? Well, this is, I don't think this is by any means the most uh, pressing issue today. But my laptop, uh, when I last informed everybody on what was it Tuesday night, mm-hmm. where I I sounded horrible. Uh, I took my laptop in on Wednesday, explained the problem. They diagnosed it, and then I got the unfortunate call several hours later that the the motherboard is fried, and this technician has no idea how this motherboard could have died in such a small amount of time. I've had a a year, Mm -hmm. a year since I got that replaced from the T incident. So he said, listen, you can spend X amount and get a brand new motherboard, or I have pretty much your identical model here, and I can just transfer everything from your hard drive on over to this new model. And I said, that sounds like a much better idea. And that is what I did. So sold you on it. And here we are. We're back I, in business. It took me 30 seconds to make this decision on the phone. I said, sure, just, just tell me how much and how painful. <laughs> and we did it and I got it and had to come home. I recovered everything. I didn't lose anything. So that was, that was the thing I was more concerned about. If I lost my notes for the dark world, I mean, oh my God, it would have been over. But anyway, watch that. So if you want to call in and remark uh, about my new laptop or discuss any of the major news items that Way and I are going to cover, uh, the phone number to call is 732-800-4423. You can also contact us via Skype by calling in at Post Wrestling. Just search for Post Wrestling on Skype, free call to the post office. Sounds Wonderful. good. Sounds great. So uh, what's in the news? Oh, boy, we have a lot. Um, we're going to go over uh, the latest with Tommaso Ciampa. The WWE making their uh, their press conference or holding their press conference on Thursday about WrestleMania 36. Uh, Jim Cornette has outlined uh, or clarified some uh, points about his deal with MLW. Uh, but I think we have to start with the passing of the destroyer, Dick Byer, who uh, the news came out uh, courtesy of his son on Thursday uh, that Dick Byer has died. One of the, I would say, most famous foreigner ever in the history of Japanese wrestling. Um, Someone that is so synonymous with his mask, uh, somebody that uh, will have a bigger story up on the site later. This was just breaking right before we uh, got here onto the show. Uh, But someone that he uh, played football at Syracuse University, and then afterwards he was recruited into professional wrestling and started wrestling in 1954 and then got his, 
I would say his major break came in California. He was recommended by Freddie Blassie to the booker there in California for the WWA, Jules Strongbow. And it was when he went to California that shortly thereafter, they decided to put him under a mask. And that is that made his career. He would later state that within six months, he doubled his income. And when they finally wanted to unmask him, he was like, there's no way I'm unmasking. This is, and that would be up until, like right up until, you know, anytime this guy would appear in public, it was it was rare that you would ever see this guy without his mask. I think I saw him a few times at Cauliflower Alley not wearing it, but typically he still had the mask on when he was doing conventions and uh, mm. appearances. I know when Dan Lebransky interviewed him a few years ago, he's got the ma- he always had the mask on. Uh, in fact, if you want to go back to the WCW Fall Brawl 2000 pay-per-view, it's taking place in Buffalo, and there facing the hard camera is the destroyer Dick Byer sitting next to his brother-in-law, Billy Red Lions, and he's wearing the mask for the entire show. And I don't think they ever make mention that the destroyer is sitting in the crowd, but he is there for the entire pay-per-view in Buffalo. In his, in his mask. Wearing the mask. Fantastic. Which, uh, I, I thought it was incredible. Um, yeah, I've actually had a chance to see him in person a couple times, shooting that interview once with Dan Lebransky. But then the second time, I believe at Tiger Jeet Singh's school opening of course uh in milton he came up for that yeah he was there for that and of course he was in a mask and yeah. he was just like a you know this this little old man uh i believe his wife was with him as well and just like sitting there in, in a mask and... Can you imagine being seven and you go to school and there is tiger jeet singh you're going to tiger jeet singh uh yeah a name a school named after him and there's the destroyer dick buyer there one day I mean, I couldn't imagine like at eight years old and then growing up to realize who was there. I I would love it. Certainly a lot more than um, Port Royal Public School, which means nothing. Really. Yeah. He, fir- he first went over to Japan uh, in the 60s and it was in 1963 he had the match with Ricky Dozan that, you know, the reported figures were that 70 million people watched this match wow. involving Ricky Dozan and the destroyer Dick Byer. And then he was a loyalist to Giant Baba. Uh wrestling there he he signed a six-year deal with all japan but also uh appearing on this show on ntv that got him all of this uh outside attention as well and just became a you know a celebrity within the country beyond the confines of just professional wrestling which itself was a pretty mainstream form of sports and entertainment at that time in japan also wrestled under the moniker of dr x with the awa and continued wrestling until july of 1993 retired when he was 63 years old, a major figure uh, within uh, uh, Akron, New York, where he was, you know, just a, a huge figure just in the community, in Japan. He was awarded the Order of the Rising Sun in 2017 for his uh, goodwill between U.S. and Japan. Like, this was someone that was wow. much more than just a professional wrestler. He mm-hmm. was an enormous figure, and I was reading about him this week when I knew he was uh, battling illness that... He was hopeful of going back to Japan for the Olympics next year um, mm. to work with the amateur wrestlers over there. So um, I, I haven't seen, um, you know, what he was uh, suffering from. But I mean, he was, uh, I believe, 87 years old. So, I mean, quite March, a quite a full life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, quite the week for professional wrestling. Unfortunately. Yes. Uh, so I'll have a lengthier story up on the website uh, later on this week. But he is someone also he did. Uh, put a book out that's what dan lavransky did the interview promoting um that you can check out as well so 
I always like when, you know, these historical figures, you at least get that book out so that um, they aren't forgotten, that you can go back and, and watch a lot of their stuff. But just a, an enormously pivotal figure, especially in Japan, but but also in the United States as well. Like that was a, a pretty, pretty well-known character in Dick Beyer. What else uh, do we have going on? Uh, WrestleMania 36, the press conference was held on Thursday morning. It's going to be taking place from Raymond James Stadium on Sunday, April the 5th, 2020 in Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. And I guess the most notable among the speakers was Hulk Hogan to kick things off in his hometown of Tampa, Florida. And there he was uh, front and center. And I mean, nothing uh, stunning in terms of the announcement. I mean, it had been out for some time now that it was going to be in Tampa. Worth noting, they stated that in addition to WrestleMania, there will be four additional nights of events listing off the Hall of Fame, TakeOver, SmackDown, which will be on Friday nights on Fox by the time that WrestleMania occurs, and Raw. Meaning, like what I gather from that is there's going to be a separate night where you put something on the Thursday, I would presume, though they haven't Hmm. stated specifically would you put TakeOver or the Hall of Fame on the Thursday? I think you could do either. Um, I, I, yeah, certainly. I think I think either works. Um, I feel like there will be more people in town on the Saturday, obviously. And which one do you kind of want to feature in that spot? I if you put TakeOver on Thursday, do you encourage people to extend their, their stay, that they're going to come in on Thursday? Like, that's more of a driver than the Hall of Fame that I could see being a lot more skippable. Maybe it makes sense. Put it on the Saturday when people are already in town for that. TakeOver might get people traveling there earlier. I, I think it's going to be a TakeOver is going to do well regardless. Potentially, yeah. I certainly would, would rank TakeOver as more of a draw than SmackDown. But, you know, with, with SmackDown having to be on Fridays, I think... For me, I mean, as a fan, I would prefer to have the non-skippable events be, you know, condensed together uh, in a row. Uh, so I takeover take will over. be on Wednesday afternoon. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, I think uh, WWN was already out with their press release to announce where their events will be in Tampa next year. So now it's the the race for everyone else to find their venues and probably. Florida a lot easier than New York when it comes to yeah. planning shows. Even though you can charge a lot in New York, it also comes with, uh, you know, its difficulties as well. I'll tell you, like this year for for all the shows in New York, I mean, we all knew everybody was going to put on shows, but uh, a lot of cards, I think, not necessarily being announced yet, and and shows already being sold out kind of made it difficult for us to like plan which shows we wanted to go to because we would already commit to buying tickets to one particular show but then this other show would occur at the same time that looked like even better with perhaps like a more interesting main event that we wouldn't be able to go to because Mm -hmm. we already bought tickets i mean i don't know if there's any fix for something like that but yeah maybe just goes to say like maybe sometimes it's good to wait before all the cards are announced before you buy but in the case of like a spring break you kind of have to jump on it right away yeah, you you do have to make those choices, and I think with this year's dilemma, it's it's not just the the distance between them, but also you're taking into consideration traffic. Yeah. So if you're jumping back and forth from New Jersey to New York, that's that's a significant mm-hmm. uh, crawl. If you're if you're going through rush hour, I mean, even in the best of times, you're going to be probably. Uh, do you remember that the last time they were there in 2013, yeah. and we had to get from New Jersey to New York, and we took the cab ride from hell. Uh yeah yeah this was not the day of WrestleMania no no this was this, this was, was going, earlier in the week it was going from WrestleCon to 
like ROH or something like that. It was it's, it's somewhere like that. Yeah. But there was one we got into a cab and it was just, it was an hour in this cab. Yeah. yeah. God knows what we spent on that cab ride, but hopefully we have better luck uh, this year. So mm-hmm. that, that was announced. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Roman Reigns was there to speak. Charlotte was there. Uh, John Sabor, who's their EVP of special events. Um, it, lo- it was just, you know, the, the rollout. The of, logo. I thought oh, let's talk about this talking. logo. Uh, based on my mentions, uh, no one is going to WrestleMania next year because of this <laughs> logo. It was, I don't mind it that much. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, maybe I can even uh, just bring it up on screen for people who haven't seen it yet. I mean, so. I mean, it's very much themed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where we've got the, the sword and kind of the, the, the pirate motif to it. I, mean, I like when they add a little character to the logo rather than it just be something bland and I think block we, letters. I think we all do, but I mean, I feel like there's something to be said for perhaps uh, too cartoony, a, nicer, too Peter Pan? a nicer design, you know? Um, I don't love it. I certainly feel like they've, they've had far better uh, instances of, of, of graphic design. Uh, and I, you know, like all the WrestleMania logos, I feel thus far have kind of been of a certain standard, but... Uh, I don't know. I feel like this one, they could certainly do better. It's not going to ultimately affect my enjoyment of the show. It's not going to affect a whole lot of anything. <laughs> this show else. is great, but that fucking logo, <laughs> I just can't give it a thumbs up. Sorry, I just tried to do uh, work forever to try to present this thing. But yeah, you can all see it right now. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I don't I don't expect many people to, to get this thing tattooed, but it it's, it's a logo, um, you know, whatever. If someone gets it tattooed, they should be given complimentary tickets to the show. I think so. That would be fair. Um, what else do we have uh, to mention? Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is set to undergo neck surgery today. Uh, he's going to have an anterior cervical fusion procedure done on his neck. So no timetable out as of yet, and probably not until they get in uh, will they kind of know the extent. But that's obviously an enormous setback for Tommaso Ciampa, and I think it's easy to say he'll be out for some time yeah all right we have our first caller colin is on the line with colin is calling in how you doing good man good how are you guys not bad not bad what's on your mind um can i just ask what you guys would do about the nxt title situation perfect segue yeah we were just discussing it so so he's having the surgery today and I think everyone expects that the title will obviously have to be vacated. They're going to be doing the television tapings next Wednesday. And you've got uh, three episodes of NXT before TakeOver. Mm-hmm. So I think the easiest thing to do is uh, some kind of quick tournament. And it builds up to a final. Can you do another tournament with the Dusty Classic going on right now? You know, especially in two, three episodes. Well, I mean, we're going to have... You don't necessarily have to use any of the people involved in the in the finals, but just have two tournaments on going on at the same time. Nothing about this is ideal. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you run royal. into the same problem of yeah. you know if you if you're going to name just a match to decide it. I think it's most curious what happens with Johnny Gargano. Is he kept in NXT for the time being? Is it looked upon that this feud is done? Gargano, we're going ahead with plans on the main roster with Gargano because uh, I, I think that's it's very tough to just put this guy in holding that we'll wait to finish this feud. Once the guy comes back from neck surgery, who knows when he'll be back. I think you can't put this guy in a holding pattern for that length of time. I personally would just move him up and then um, have him have him and, and, and eventually uh, Trumpa continue their storyline up on the main roster. I know people who watch NXT might not be happy about eventually how that might turn out, but 
I don't think it's worth for Gargano to just wait any longer for Ciampa to get back because who knows how long it'll be. As far as, you know, the title situation goes, I think Gargano, like, should still be in the title picture. I think the t- there should be a title match uh, to headline that show. Now, for who, you know, is going to be a part of it, I mean, you have a lot of pieces, a lot of people that are there uh, and, and, and in that NXT roster that, you know, might not necessarily have programs. Without getting into spoilers... Who are some of the people that you feel uh, might be free for a spot like that? Well, first of all, Colin, what would you like to see done? Um, I was listening to Brian Alvarez, and he was talking about throwing all the main contenders into a multi-man ladder match, kind of stemming off of last year's match of the year contender. Only this is for the world title for NXT. I, I really like that idea. Um, I know that would kind of take up a lot of spots on the the that match, and there would maybe wouldn't be enough matches on the card. So mm-hmm. I would maybe put like a NXT UK match on the undercards as well. Uh, I don't know if they've announced the time for Walter and Pete Dunne, but I think that would be perfect if they've not already booked that in. Yeah, well, that is happening at Takeover, so um, yeah. yeah, that that's on there. Yeah, I mean, you have you have several options, and uh, thanks very much for for the call, uh, call. Yeah, and Cheers, guys. I, I think that. Another option you have is that if you if you did want to continue this story, um, you could put the title on Gargano, yeah, and he is the heel in this program, and you run it out. Champa comes back, the babyface, which sounds like you're throwing Champa's kind of great heel run on its ear, but I yeah. think you're kind of forced into that situation. I don't think it's ideal for Gargano. I think he's main roster, yeah, and to take him back now, it's. It's kind of unfortunate for him that I don't think he should just be in a holding pattern because whatever the timetable is, the neck, that's not something you can rush. I think a title win for Johnny Gargano really, I mean, it kind of completes the story, but without him winning it off of Tommaso Ciampa, it doesn't really complete the the story. That's the heel role. It's like he wins it by by Ciampa being out of the picture. You know, let's just cut your losses. Let's continue the program whenever Ciampa gets ready for the main roster. Move Gargano up and give the belt to somebody like an Adam Cole. All right, let's continue with the calls. Who is this on the line? Yo, yo, it's uh, Des from California. What's up, guys? Des from California. How are you? Hey, Des. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, I actually had the day off work today, and it's a good thing I did because I don't think I would have gone into work if I had woken up and read that Jushin, Lung, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger was retiring today. Yes. I think it should be a, a, an international holiday for all. Yeah, this has been a, a very, very crazy news day uh, where we haven't even yet mentioned that uh, Jushin Thunder Liger announced at a press conference in Japan he will be retiring next January at the Tokyo Dome after a 36-year mm. wrestling career. But the good news is it's like it's it's a wrestler deciding his own retirement and we have a whole year, you know, to to kind of like potentially enjoy some of the final matches. You guys anticipate some sort of like storyline leading up to his retirement or like a big match for him to go off on? Yes, I I think it's going to be one of the major uh, one of the major, major promotional points of the Tokyo Dome. Uh, Remember, Tokyo Dome shows because Mm -hmm. they're doing back to back next january i think like what a story that the liger character was launched at new japan's first ever tokyo dome show in april of 1989 and now the character goes out in 2020 in the same building wow like there's a great story to be told and if you watched his match with taiji ishimori the other day at the anniversary show i almost wish they did that same match at madison square garden because i think the audience would have been even more um 
emotional for Liger going for this title against Ishimori. It's an awesome match from Tokyo the other day, and the crowd was so hot. Mm-hmm. They were into the the near falls with Liger. Like uh, Liger will have a, a tremendous uh, final run. It's not as though this guy is just getting by. He can still do the big match where where possible. You think he'll he deserves be- it? Because I was really upset when he. He had like a nothing uh, best of super juniors. I think it was like last year. Yeah, or last year. Whenever it was his last one. Yeah. It was so anticlimactic. So I'm glad he's getting the uh, spot at the Tokyo Dome. Do you guys anticipate that being one of the two main events over the two nights? Yeah, it'll be interesting if it could be that big to be a main event. I, I think it will be something that will uh, be maybe like a, a co-main event, something like that. I don't see that headlining one of the dome shows, but yeah. I think come the day of that show, I feel Liger's retirement will feel like a big, big thing. This far out, Des, who who would you want in that match with Liger for his last match? Um, That's a really good question. I think he's wrestled and pretty much lost to every junior that they have on the roster right now. So I, I, I would think they might bring somebody else in new or if not, then it might be like Will Ospreay or someone like that. But I, I can't see like anyone else on that roster right now being able to do a giant uh, or even like a semi-main event with uh, Liger for his big retirement match. And it would make sense to have it be somebody new anyway, right? Like somebody who hasn't really gotten their due yet because hitting Liger would be huge for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it will be interesting how they go about it if it's, you know, giving Liger the 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 ceremonial win or you do the traditional the guy goes out with with a loss but you know you have this amount of time that there's going to be high expectations for how you do the liger farewell properly i mean it's one of the the most iconic characters in wrestling history one thing real quick guys i want to shift gears real fast and just talk about this promo on monday um the triple h promo on batista um, Jesus, like, are we going to, is this what we're going to have to look forward to for the next 50, 40 years when this guy's playing the Vince McMahon role? Uh, we're going to have to sit through 10, 15 minute monologues, um, that don't go anywhere. Like this was horrible. I, I hated this. I I was with you, Des. I, I, I've never really been a fan of Triple H's promo style. Listen, he sounds great, but I think he just takes a little too long to get there. Um, you know, I, the thing is, though, you watch NXT, he does not rely on that authority figure uh, thing all that much. So if he does, in fact, take over, I think you will see less of this uh, and, in fact, maybe more somebody else in, in this role instead of him uh, having that that authority figure. Thing. Gotta go, guys. My Uber's here. Thanks. Thanks, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a uh, that's always the, the sign that a, that a call has ended. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, any additional thoughts on Liger? We didn't get get to that yet. I mean, you know, like just seeing what they've done with uh with uh Takashi Izuka's retirement. Uh just you know, somebody that low on the card or at least with, you know, not as much of a a, a history uh with the audience as Liger. I'm very excited to see what type of creative story they're able to tell with Jusen Liger's uh retirement. I I think it's a perfect opportunity for for instance, if one of the young lions comes back with a, a brand new character for a brand new push, I think that's a perfect spot for for uh, somebody like that uh, going up against Jushin Liger to retire Jushin Liger. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that there's uh, yeah ma- different options. It could be someone just young, and that's how you establish them by being the the that's final match preference. for Liger. I, I think to bring like another legend from like that, like his his time going up against him. It's a very attractive match, perhaps on paper, but 
ultimately, I don't think it does that much for anybody. That's why I like this Ishimori match. I thought, like, you know, it it did a lot for Ishimori to give him this spotlight and this win. I guess you have to look at it. Are, are you just trying to tell, like, a really thoughtful story? But at the same time, you're also trying to fill the Tokyo Dome. And who on the other side of that ring will mean the most? And I, I for the longest time, I had that mindset. That, you know, someone on their way out makes somebody new. Mm. Uh, but I, I can't. Well, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about the buildup, the actual day, like the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair match, like that was done really effectively. And it wasn't making a new guy, even though in the buildup, that's how everyone assumed, you know, come the fall when they introduced it, that's how it would end with. Mm -hmm. And and I can't criticize what the final moment was because they screwed up a bunch of the stuff leading into it. But that actual match was really well done. I guess it remains to be seen, you know, like who is set to debut for this junior heavyweight division. And, and if anybody like that catches fire, if they, the junior heavyweight division has their own version of Jay White that they really, really want to strap the rocket to. WH is going to have a list of uh, five guys that have to beat Liger. Oh, lovely. He'll have some list, I'm sure. That theme music, though, I, I'll be really sad when we don't get to hear it anymore. What if Taichi steals his theme music? Wow. And he just steals every guy that retiring. Start, he'll, start li- he'll start lip syncing to it. All right, we have another caller here on the line. Who's this calling? Hey, it's Paul from New Jersey, guys. Hey, Paul, how are hey, you Paul. today? Good. Um, I just I was thinking about this today, and I was just wondering, like, your guys' take on the whole thing with the Shield. These guys are all three very talented, but I've been so taken out of this story for such a long time because Dean turns on Seth and, and uh, Roman. We don't really get a clear explanation. Then there's the whole thing with the leukemia. Now they're friends again. It's like it's. I don't really care whether these guys are together or not. It's just I've been I've had such a hard time following the storyline. It just doesn't make sense to me. Is this something that has affected you guys as well, or you just take it well? Hey, it's, you know, it's WWE. Take it with a grain of salt. Listen, there, there's nobody, nobody that is going to be able to defend the Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose program, the leukemia usage. It was awful. They're trying to salvage that situation. I think everyone looks at that as a big blunder and did nothing for Dean. And I, I think the question is like, is this going to just be, we're just doing the, the shield thing to get through WrestleMania, or is this designed for something more with uh, Dean playing the role of Loki to Roman Reigns Thor in the dark world. And this reunion is going to be short lived. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, 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 I totally like, I ultimately, you know, like my favorite, like I love the Iconics and they're jobbers and I'm totally fine with that because like the story is funny and it makes sense and it's cool. And like, look, the last, the last live event I was at, when I see all those kids with all those shield shirts and all that Roman stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, this makes complete sense. I totally get whether I like these guys or not. I totally get why they are. I totally get why the company's pushing them. These guys, I mean, the, the amount of money they must make off these guys, it's just like, just make the story make sense. That's all I want. All I want. Yeah. I think, you know, because, like, you know, following uh, the wrestling the way we all tend to do now, we know so much of what's going on in the background. And maybe for that reason, I give them a lot of, like, leeway, you know, if a lot of their storylines don't perfectly make sense from A to B. I mean, without knowing the status of Roman Reigns and the fact that he was going to return, without knowing perhaps how negatively this audience was going to treat Dean Ambrose for his heel run without knowing that Ambrose himself was set to, to, to lead the company. Um, so many things kind of coming their way. I, I, I don't completely fault them if that story doesn't make sense from A to B. But of course, you can't necessarily defend 
maybe some of the decisions they did make in the storyline that might have contributed to that negative reaction. I guess you also look, uh, Paul, at the options for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, who is an because attra- Roman Reigns has to be in a very prominent match at WrestleMania. And I would say Dean Ambrose could be that. Um, but it also comes with the the caveat of what is this guy's future and be the last thing I want is an angle based upon his recovery and leukemia. Like if that is the the backbone of this program between the, the two, uh, I'm not in for that at all. But there's not a whole lot of people on the roster that jump out as big opponents for Roman Reigns this year. Yeah, I uh, I initially wasn't crazy offended by the leukemia thing, but the thing with WWE is there's really no nuance and subtlety to them. So they could have done it in a much better way, but they didn't. But I just, I have to think this is why Dean's leaving because, I mean, it can't be because of the money. I mean, the guys, they offered him a long-term contract. He must just be frustrated because I can't think of any other reason other than creative because, I mean, he's a made man, it seems. Yeah. No, he definitely seems like somebody who's just not staying... Um... You know, because of, of, of financial offers, but because he seems creatively unfulfilled. I mean, I really do wonder how different of a character and a performer he's going to be under another company such as an AEW. Because, you know, like we've talked about in the past, like I wouldn't completely blame, you know, the, the, the so many of the criticisms on his current WWE run just on creative. I think a lot of it falls on him. And his inability to make some of that stuff work. I'm talking back to his babyface run as well. So, I mean, if he thinks that he, you know, creative has been holding him back and he can do better elsewhere, I'm very curious to see exactly what, what he means. I think it's great. I'm certainly happy to see where he goes because I think face or heel, that, that Dean Ambrose character is a very tough character to play in, in a WWE PG uh, environment so yeah i i I think it's going to be an exciting time in wrestling and uh yeah thanks for taking my calls guys i appreciate it thanks a lot paul we really appreciate that uh still to come on the show we're going to do our preview of fast lane uh but we also have our contest yes that's right we are giving away of course a pair of roh and new japan pro wrestling g1 supercar tickets and for this last week i encouraged everybody to uh, who wanted to enter to um, send us a 30-second video cutting a promo. I initially said cut a promo on Jay White say, telling us why you want to beat him uh, at Madison Square Garden. I opened it up to basically cutting a promo in general about being at Madison Square Garden. And we have three entries, John, to choose from. Are we going to get the man Joe LeBeau on the line right now? Well, explain who Joe LeBeau is. Joe LeBeau, he's one of our executive producers, and he so very uh, generously came to us and offered us a pair of tickets uh, because he was unable to go to the event. And on the line right now is Joe. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Uh, So explain to us why you are unable to make it to uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, ultimately it comes down to, I'm a bit of a big wrestling show neophyte. I've never really gone to like a WWE show or anything like that. I've gone to a couple local shows. Um, so I kind of jumped at the opportunity to buy these tickets when WrestleMania weekend was kind of announced. Um, but then SummerSlam weekend was announced shortly after for Toronto. And honestly, I, I don't feel the trip is necessary when I can just go to Toronto and enjoy a big wrestling weekend then. It also doesn't help that the elite are kind of off the card because as much as I love New Japan, I'd really love to see you know Kenny Omega and, and the Bucks and other wrestlers perform. But uh, yeah, ultimately, it's just a, a matter of more convenient travel to Toronto as opposed to New York. 
Well, we want to thank you so much because rather than, you know, like sell these tickets, which I, I'm sure Joe would have had no trouble uh, finding takers, he decided to offer them to a uh, post-wrestling listener. Um, so in order to do that, we were thinking of just ideas and thus uh, the results of what you're about to listen to. Our New Japan Pro Wrestling ROH G1 Supercard uh, selfie contest. Now... Uh, Joe, I'm going to play the three entries to you, and ultimately, this is your decision. I want you to pick who the winners are. So the rules right. were 30-second promo uh, on Jay White or or whoever, and the way I'm going to present this, are you watching on the uh, 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 Hangout feed there, Joe? I am. I am, yes. Okay, wonderful. So I am actually going to show this uh, and play these off of my cell phone. This is just the the how how advanced our technology is. But first of all, we've got our first entry, Brian. Brian, here we go. Hey, why I know you're a hell of a competitor, and I know you've worked long and hard to win that IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. But I covet that championship as well. And come the G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden, despite having no prior wrestling experience, I will outfight you, I will outsmart you, and I will outblade you. Oh, wrestling is weird. <laughs> I love the ending. Uh, first, I want your thoughts, John. Um, get to Joe's. I would say I, I definitely enjoyed the location. Uh, I thought he had a, a strong ending with the underneath the saw. I like that part. Uh, <laughs> delivery leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, but I mean, also uh, very much trying to showcase what a, a memorized promo sounds like in 2019. So uh, good and bad. Let's hear from you, Joe. Uh, I think that was uh, that was WWE worthy for 2019. So a uh, decent promo. Yeah, the background was awesome. So the bar has been set with, <laughs> with our first promo. We have three of these. So let us move on to number two. All righty. Up next, we got Felix. Jay White, you really think you could come to New York to MSG, <laughs> my hometown, and become the ROH world champion? It ain't happening. You might be able to beat those guys in Japan in the puro wrestling. They're weak. This is New York. This is my hometown. You can't beat me in my city. I dare you to show up. I'm going to smash you. Before I take a dump in this bathroom, I'm going to take a dump on you in front of the whole world. I'm going to be the new ROH world champion. Hey, I might even take your little Japan Japanese belt. Show up. <laughs> what was that? What was that at the end? Uh, that that was a, uh, I don't know, some freestyling of I some sort. Take your Japanese belt. Uh, is that what he said? That's what it sounded okay, like. Uh, that that is what it is. Was he indoors? He looked like it was really cold. Um, he was he was all dressed up. I mean, I was like, man, it, was, how cold is it inside in New York right now? I mean, outdoors might kill him. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know, Joe. What did you think of that? I mean, it was a decent promo. I think he has a good shot to take the belt from Jay White. The Japanese belt. I, I liked how we yes. were going in one lane, and then we took a hard right turn. On, I'm going to take a dump. <laughs> that would be a first. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> I feel these all could end up on Botchamania. That would be a first in MSG, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, our final entry. Um, this one comes from... Wrestle with figs. That's the only name I got from this man. And he comes with a bit of a caveat. He intends on going, if he wins, he intends on going to the show solo. 
So he's even offered up his tickets to the runner-up. So oh, perhaps nice. <laughs> uh, we'll see who wins, and then we'll, we'll kind of deal with that situation a little bit later. So this is our next one. Again, uh, his gen- this gentleman's name is Russell with Figs. Oh, sorry. One more time. Let me, let me start that back one more time. Just trying to win these tickets to go to ROH New Japan. Oh, God. Apologies, everybody. Here we go. I've never been to Madison Square Garden. So, you know, I figured I'd make a little song about it. Whoa. It's no big deal. I already know I'm going to win. So I'm going solo. So I'll get the other ticket to the runner-up. Okay? All right. It's the beginning of March, the road to Mania starts It wasn't on my agenda, but ROH just entered It all started at Mania 11 I've seen so many Hall of Famers go to heaven Been a <laughs> fan for two decades and a half Even give my wrestlers a nice big bath Been to Raw Nitro in one night stand But never, ever, ever been to New Japan So John Pollock and your friend Wei Ting Listen to the chorus and we all can sing Can I go to New Japan? Can I go? To New Japan, can I go? To New Japan, can I go? Yes, you can. Oh damn! Okay, it's it's not even close. Not it's even not close. even close. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. Ten seven round. Uh, well, <laughs> with no, all, no, with no, all due respect, again, it's not our choice, Joe. Yeah, Joe, you you pick. Don't don't be uh, swayed by our uh, no, opinions. He, he's definitely he took that round for sure. That was a that was a Kamara Usman Tyron Woodley kind oh, of. Oh wow! So there there you have it. And I mean, come on, like what a smart strategic uh, caveat at the beginning that he's going to take. The runner-up with him, so he's giving us the option that we pretty much are giving it to two people. I mean, that that that's a smart way to enter a contest. If it was close, that would be the difference. Bonus points. Oh, for sure. So, uh, smart strategy, great rap, and he's a hundred percent going. Okay, so Joe, we have a winner, but that also means we need a runner-up. I guess so. And so this is the tough well. Choice. Joe has to make this call. Yeah. Who's right, the, who's the runner-up? The, the runner-up is going to be the first one. Was it was it Brian? Brian, yes. With Brian, the saw. Yeah. yeah, he can't bring we'll the saw into Madison Square Garden, though. He could try. <laughs> I wouldn't because he probably will get turned away and then we'll have an extra ticket yet again. Yeah. Switchblade and the saw. Brian, congratulations and congratulations to Wrestle with Figs. The two of you are going to Madison Square Garden. Awesome. How exciting. Yeah, good job, guys. That's awesome. That was great. Well, Joe, thank you so much for uh, donating the tickets to us. Very kind of you, and we hope to see you uh, when you're up here in Toronto in the summer. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks Joe. We'll, uh, we'll tell the others how to get in touch with you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Later, man. Joe. Well, that was fun. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, honestly, I was getting a little nervous because for a long time, it was just that Saw promo that we had to I, choose from. I feel we made the the mention once of where you could send the promos, and I don't think we repeated it until Monday where people could yeah, add. I, I think it was a little confusing. I think we should have made we it We had easier. too many contests going on. I know. On we, we had too many contests going on. Um, before we get back to uh, the news and our Fastlane preview, I did want to add the fact that we are 30 days away from our live show mm-hmm. in... New York City. We'll be at the Broadway Comedy Club on Sunday, April the 7th. We're doing a meet and greet from 11 a.m. till noon, then a Q&A from noon till 1.30, followed by a second meet and greet. So you have the option. You can do the meet and greet before or after the show, depending on your schedule that day. Broadway Comedy Club. You can go to postwrestling.com slash live to buy your tickets today. They are $25. If you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, you get a discount and tickets are $20 each. Uh, Braden and Davey will also be in the house. 
We're going to be selling some merchandise, and yeah, tickets are uh, going at a nice pace, I would say. Yeah, we've got a brand new shirt, actually, designed by Robert Brocky, who, uh, that which we'll be selling uh, exclusively at the event, and I'm showing it right now on the Hangouts. It is a beautiful shirt and a beautiful poster that Robert, who's uh, helping us produce the show, has designed for us. So we're only making 50 of these because we don't want to take any back home. So uh, they're, they're in very limited supply, so make sure you get them uh, in your size by the time that uh, you get there. All right. Uh, just a correction from earlier. Dick Byer was 88, not 87. So just uh, updating that. Uh, Jim Cornette did his uh, podcast this week, and he added some more details about his relationship with MLW. Uh, he clarified he has not signed a contract with the group, and he was initially contacted about doing the two shows in New York, WrestleMania week. And then uh, Tony Schiavone, he's doing uh, like his regular sports gigs uh, back at home and was not available on the Saturday night. So they contacted Cornette to do intimidation games this past weekend in Chicago. So that's how that came about uh, which, with uh, Rich Bocchini. And he stated that while he's, I guess, not in an official capacity as an agent, he was working with talent, working on promos, and also with talent that don't have as much experience in front of television. Mm -hmm. And he said Conan, who is one of the major agents there, said, you know, if you spot something that you want to correct, you don't have to run it by us. You can just go ahead and do that. So, I mean, huh. he's essentially in a role uh, similar to that of an agent uh, in doing commentary, but has not signed a contract with MLW, but has said he's very open to doing more shows beyond the New York events. And if you haven't watched the special from last weekend, I thought he did a very good job. He himself gave himself a B minus, but I, I thought he was uh, one of the best parts of the broadcast. I thought he did a very good job and is a great addition. He seems like a really, I would say, sort of an untapped resource in, in the current landscape of professional wrestling. And it's been cool to see hear his name pop up, not just with his podcast and his uh, Raw and SmackDown reviews, but now uh, in, in a, an agenting capacity because he is certainly one of the smartest minds in professional wrestling. And it's nice that, you know, he's he's finding a, a spot in 2019. And uh, someone in that same vein is Jim Ross, who on his own podcast, uh, mentioned his contract is up with WWE March 29th. He spoke to Vince McMahon recently. They have agreed that he will not be uh, resuming with the company. And I, I think it's it's very safe to say. I mean, he was very complimentary of the WWE on his way out, but stated, I, I want to be doing commentary. I don't want to be just sitting at home doing nothing. And he mentioned the fact, like, it was, it's very obvious, like, he wants to keep himself busy in light of his wife passing away. Mm -hmm. I mean, being at home by yourself, that's that's probably not the greatest thing. He's a guy that wants to keep busy, and he has not been kept busy by WWE. He signed a two-year deal, and in that time, he did the first May Young Classic, but didn't wasn't brought back the following year. And then it's been sporadic appearances. Uh, his last appearance was during the, the pre-show for the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. So he is... And uh, as well, it it ultimately he wasn't able to continue with New Japan when his contract ended at the end of last year. So he's yeah. kind of just been on the sidelines this year. And he added at the end, he doesn't believe he will be out of work for long. So take that for what you want. The way it it, it seemed almost it, it it's almost felt like he was hired so that he they could keep him from being busy. If you know what I mean. Well, that was, no. I mean, remember, he was signed at the time when ITV was trying to, or ITV Sports was trying to get their mm -hmm. promotion up and running with World of Sport, and he was signed, but at the time, allowed to continue with Access TV, and continued with them in 2018, and it was when the deal came up at the end of last year that he was told he could not continue that, and thus mm -hmm. him and Josh Barnett 
uh, are not calling New Japan any longer. And, you know, I, I don't doubt that a resource like Jim Ross is, is going to find a place in 2019 Absolutely. and someone that wants to keep himself busy. Yeah. So um, I, I just think this was a relationship that you could tell from the beginning was not one that they were looking to do much with Jim Ross. I mean, he was thrown in the odd takeover match. It was it was very sporadic. And when you saw which show was it recently? Class or what? Oh, there was one where they brought back a bunch of the legends and and Jim Ross wasn't part of it. What am I thinking of? That was just uh recently done. What was it Royal, Royal Rumble weekend maybe? A network show? It was the one where they had all the broadcasters. Uh, I think it was the Royal Rumble, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, but they were pretty much using everybody. And Jim Ross, like, he isn't even used on those panels. Like, nothing. Like, yeah. there's no... Like, I'm sure he would do any of that stuff if he if he had been asked. And, mm. like, it didn't even seem like he was being asked. Where do you see him ending up? I mean, the obvious speculation is going to be AEW in some mm. capacity. Whether that's on camera, behind the scenes, or both. I think that that's... That, that's me not knowing anything beyond just speculation that that would be mm. certainly a place you would look at. If you're, if you're a new company that is uh, trying to develop, uh, Jim Ross is a really great resource of someone that not just commentary, but in terms of his role as head of talent relations, that he could be very vital behind the scenes too, for them as a full-time announcer for a company. And I'm talking, I'm not talking, you know, the occasional show for WWE or even like, you know, the occasional taping with access following intermittent store, uh, storylines from new Japan. I'm very curious to see, to see, to hear how he would do for a company like AEW if he was as entrenched in those stories as he was with, you know, the attitude era of the WWE. Yeah. Or if he's, or if you're looking at like an administrative role that he is sure. someone that he's brought out, like he was WrestleMania two years ago to call the main event mm -hmm. and make it special that Jim Ross is calling the big title match. Yeah. Um, so anyway, March 29th is his final day. That means WrestleMania weekend. He is going to be in town. He's doing a, his own show on the Saturday. And then the Monday night, he's doing a show with Bruce Pritchard right after raw, which Pritchard is still doing, mm -hmm. uh, despite, uh, being involved with the WWE is still doing all of his live shows that are scheduled until Starcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing scheduled after Starcast. Uh, so those are the major news and notes going on. I guess we could go through uh, Fast Lane, which sure. is uh, coming up this Sunday. We also have the New Japan Cup that is starting on Friday. Which yeah. So today is the last day we're accepting entries, right? Eleven o'clock today. So by the time eleven p.m. Eastern, if you're listening to this on the free feed, it's already passed. But uh, hopefully you've entered and ha had a chance to check on all your. Uh, 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 entries before the first show which takes place today yeah so Friday morning the first tournament matches are Manabu Nakanishi versus Yoshihashi Taichi versus Tomoki Honma Yuji Nagata versus Tomohiro Ishii and I guess that's all it's three tournament matches on the first day at a Cork Hall cool fast lane Sunday night uh, Way and I will have a post show immediately afterwards uh, for our Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso subscribers. You can tune in live to listen or watch uh, and call in. So right after post, uh, right after Fastlane, tune in for that post show. Kicking things off, we have Ray Mysterio versus Andrade. Yeah, uh, honestly, like I'm looking up and down the card. That might be the match I'm looking forward to the most, and it's on the kickoff. Um, I think these two are always fantastic together in the few times that they've uh, appeared I, I like i said earlier if these two wrestled each other 
as each other's opponents for a whole year, I would not be upset about it. At this rate, they may be. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that this is this is the kickoff. I I for that reason, I don't really anticipate any type of conclusive ending to this feud. I think it's just not important of a place. So I think this feud continues, and as a result, I believe Andrade will win this one. Yeah, I could see this being springboarded into a WrestleMania program, uh, and if although it's it's unlike them to do that where you have the match and then you you redo it at WrestleMania. They do try to keep those kind of fresh, unless you do it with a stipulation. You know, yeah, and this one easily kind of lends itself it. like mask versus hair, something yeah. like that, um, that you could do. So I'm not expecting, um, I do expect this to continue. Um, and this could be their WrestleMania program. Do you think it's, uh, I'm, you know, do you think it's important enough for them to give this uh, a featured role at WrestleMania? Ray Mysterio certainly is a big enough name. Do they con- consider this feud to be big enough? I could see guys being added to each side that it's, uh, it becomes a tag. It becomes something yeah. else beyond a singles match mm-hmm. because you just can't have limitless singles matches. But Ray Mysterio should be at WrestleMania. Dude, man. I was like the one saying I wanted Brian and Ray. Like yeah. that's, I think he's the top baby face on SmackDown at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe this month he's second to Kofi but he's overall I would I would say like Ray is right at AJ's level I think it's debatable where those two fresher that's for sure exactly he's a fresher opponent for Daniel Bryan and I do hope they get to that Bryan Ray match down the road the Revival versus Aleister Black and Ricochet versus Chad Gable and Bobby Roode in a three-way for the Raw tag titles this could be excellent I think so too. Yeah, just just the uh, just the amount of talent that's in there, and the addition of Black and Ricochet to I think any uh, roster in any match automatically raises it by like you know two two and a half stars. So this could be match of the night. Yeah, if this gets eighteen definitely. minutes, it might. Um, very strong match. Do you, do you have a prediction? Do they give I, it to Black I, and Ricochet who've been beating everybody so far? I don't think it's the worst idea to put it onto Black and Ricochet who are also. Involved in the in the Dusty Classic as well. Yeah, I mean, I think for that reason, I think also because... You don't have to beat them here either. Well, what are they going to... You don't have to beat them, no. I think Gable and, and Ruder will take the pin, but I think Revival retains. I do too. I'm leaning towards the Revival, and I think Black and Ricochet uh, continue out of this. Personally, I would, I, I would like to see the SmackDown side... Where you get the Usos, you get Ricochet and Black, you get the Hardys, and mm-hmm. um, it's a more attractive side, yeah. Yeah, and they kind of they've teased it now with the Hardys with Ricochet after that one segment. So, what do you see for them at Mania? Ricochet and Black. Yeah, I could see them in some multi-man tag match on the SmackDown on the side. SmackDown side. Right. It's almost like because they have so many tag teams. Do we need to see the same versions of each match on Raw and SmackDown? No, or? I'd love to see them unify the titles now. Yeah, or is it better to just do like a four-way, you know, four you, you, the, the, This is the Raw tag division that we're looking at. Yeah. With, and Black and Rick share going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them just unify the titles and put put all your if they strong do teams the together at Mania. Imagine like, now if, if they do do that and they unify the titles, that means whoever the WWE main roster tag champs can also go down to nxt as well and that'd great be, that'd be a lot of fun yeah why not yeah uh let's go oscar mandy rose for the smackdown women's championship yeah i mean i don't see this being anything more than than a showcase for oscar unless you know the injuries that that she's um has said you know aren't that serious i mean there's always a potential that that you know they might it could be worse than than she's saying, but I I'll take her word that it's it's not much. I but. think if if it was anything really concerning, I don't think she's doing anything physical like she did on SmackDown. Right. I think, um, you know, I, I know I know a lot of people have you know they heard what I reported that 
as of Monday, I was told Oscar was going to work Sonya Deville Tuesday. I I don't think the fact she didn't do the match should be cause for an uh, an alarm. Mm-hmm. I think that's just she had a scary moment on Monday. Nope. Do we have to do this match on Tuesday? Save no, her, save her for the paper. That's it. Yeah. Um, I'm not reading much into that, and I expect the match to happen on on Sunday. Yeah. So. Oscar retaining, I think, is is likely, but I also feel this is a great showcase for Mandy, who's Absolutely. I think very very underappreciated for the improvements she's made, and this is a big big one for her. Absolutely, I would say like I mean, coming out of that elimination chamber, it's her um, and, and Sonya that to me made made the most gains from from that appearance, and I think with Mandy, uh, she, you can expect her to, you know, could gain even more from a, a solo performance here. Is there any chance of a title change? There's always a chance, yeah, especially because, uh, well, let's see how many other titles might change hands. I don't necessarily see too many other titles changing hands, so if they do have to do a title change, this one might be the one that this you is, sacrifice. This is the only one I could see changing. Yeah. Uh, the Boss and Hug Connection, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax and Tamina. I, I actually think this is this one's going to work, I think. I could see the titles changing hands here. Too. Really? Okay. Yeah, why not? I think, you know, Nia and I mean, I'm not a fan really of the team, but I think they are actually great like for their roles. I like the idea of having your one big monster yeah. tag team that the the size stands out and I think that they will like Nia Nia is not the most graceful, but she she gels with Ronda. She's yep. gelled in the past with with Bailey. Um they add a lot of like you know, they, they're they're a team that's very unique to this division, and therefore I think they're very important. Yeah, I'm not expecting a classic out of this, but I believe Bailey and Sasha retain. I mean, this this, one. this Boston hug connection thing—it's certainly been working. I would say for Bailey and Sasha, it's revitalized them after a terrible year. So, um, ultimately, I see them retaining. But what do you see for them at WrestleMania? Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. I think I mean like I'm trying to think of the the other teams on the main roster and it's like I mean since they defended against the SmackDown team or sorry a Raw team here you could assume that they might be defending a SmackDown team, um, which the biggest team I would say on SmackDown at the moment is is Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Them were the Iconics, but that's not WrestleMania. I don't see level, the Iconics. You know, more likely I mean I kind of see another multi-person match. It could be it, all like, of them, it, but it, I don't know if you're guaranteed to. Like, you don't have to do that women's battle royal. I mean, you can find another way like this match to get all the women yeah, on the card. True. Um, you know, like a N- N- Natalia, where does she fit? Yeah. Um, but also if you have Nia and Tamina win, is the chase better for Bailey and Sasha? I think you're still trying to establish these titles that I would want to leave them on Bailey and Sasha at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I hope at, at some point, maybe it's not till after WrestleMania, that they do pay off that tease of going down to NXT and defending them. I think they mean a lot more than... Nia and Tamina doing something like that. I think that would be a great WrestleMania match, actually. I mean, if you're going to do some type of gauntlet or something involving all the other teams, have Shirai and and Sane come up. Uh, The Usos versus The Miz and Shane McMahon in The Miz's hometown with uh, Mr. Miz. I'm actually looking forward to this. I mean, we know, like, you know, the matches have been... The uh, match or what the angle is? Both, actually. We know, like, how great the Usos are. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, like, last last month's match, but I think Shane, when he finds the spots, he could be entertaining. But more so, I want to see the storytelling with The Miz's father and ultimately what I'm expecting to be a final heel turn coming from, from The Miz here. If the Miz loses and the father just shakes his head and walks off, um, 
You know, I, I am curious to see what they do here because I, I've been big on the Ms. Shane pairing since they, they've done it. I was not expecting to get into it as much as I have. Um, I'm not, I'll say this though, for all the buildup to it, it's one where it's not like I'm looking forward to the match. It's more so the storytelling we, that leads we, to the match. We just saw the match. With Miz and Shane? Against the Usos. Oh, oh you I, mean I'm Miz saying the Shane. singles match with yeah, Miz yeah, versus yeah. Shane. Yeah. Uh, Usos, I see retaining. And yeah. Shane does something stupid and leads to Miz losing. So you, you give him that reason to. You think Shane is the one who causes yes. them to lose? Yeah. As opposed to last week, last month. I, I think that Shane, uh, similar though, where Shane ended up doing the big elbow drop through the table. So he wasn't there to help the Miz. Mm. And then the Miz takes the fall. Where... Hmm. Shane has plausible deniability, but the Miz blames him for doing a stupid stunt that huh. hurts them. Because Shane has been positioned as the infallible one in all this. He's the one who, you know, is carrying the team. Well, I think that's how it's going to be presented, but the Miz will disagree and blame Shane. Interesting. Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens for the WWE Championship. It'll be a good match. I mean, personally, I don't sense the heat for it, and I kind of just, you know, what 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 they did talk about as potentially being Brian's opponent at WrestleMania right now just kind of seems like your filler match en route to Kofi Kingston. And this would be the match you would assume New Day gets involved with somehow. But it, it, maybe. I, I'm not entirely sure, because how would they get involved without looking like heels at the end of it? They distract Kevin Owens with pancakes? But how would, why would they do that, though? They're, they're, they're good guys. You know, they should want Kevin Owens to have a fair chance. I don't know. Um, we just know we're getting the New Day on the show. Oh, okay. They've promised it. Right. I'm uh, sure they will be involved somehow in all this. Yeah. I, I feel for Kevin Owens here because mm -hmm. he had, forget the first week, he pretty much had one promo this week oh, to I establish know. a new character yeah. that this guy has never been a babyface in, in the company, not in NXT, not yeah. on the main roster. Yeah. He had one promo to, because I don't see how you come out of that first week completely convinced this guy's a babyface. It was mm -hmm. not under babyface circumstances he gets this match. Mm -hmm. So he had one promo to cut, and now you're getting the title match, and it very much feels like he is just keeping Daniel Bryan busy before we get to Kofi Kingston. And yeah. it seems that, you know, maybe Owens is still gets something out of this, but there is the potential that he is just cast aside and is the collateral damage in this decision they've made to go with Kofi. Yeah. Which would be un unfortunate for Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, at that point, I wonder if he would even have a spot at WrestleMania that was uh, a significant or, or a spot of note. I mean, he'll have something, but all that said though, Kofi Kingston really is the right choice. You know, the, the, to, to have Kofi do this. Um, and this is not the year instead. to make this a three way. No. I mean, you're, you've got your three way. I don't, you know, we're talking about SmackDown tag titles, maybe having mm -hmm. like, I, I do hope we get like a singles match for the title at yeah. WrestleMania. This Kevin Owens, you know, average Joe character. Um, maybe he'll have seen a spot sitting in the crowd with the fans this year. Sure. He's a part of the universe having Hawaiian pizza, perhaps. Perfect. Pop popcorn without change. Um, this character is like, I don't, I'm very skeptical of, of its success. Um, you know, Kevin Owens is talented as hell, so I think he'll make anything work, but I just, I'm, I'm, I don't really have positive kind of, uh, uh, optimism for, for this Kevin Owens baby face run, but we'll see. Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. If Becky Lynch wins, um, her Royal Rumble win counts. Well, first 
you think this is second last or, or last? Uh, I, I wasn't trying to go deep by my order here, but uh, I, I think it's a it's a flip between this and the shield match. I think it ultimately comes down to what is your closing moment um, mm-hmm. to, to close the show, and it's between these two matches. Right. So she will be added to the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. Well, I wonder what will happen. Oh, it would not... It would not shock me if they just continue to screw with people and Charlotte wins this and Becky still has to... Oh, man. You still have four weeks to go away. Yeah, I've, I've not... We, ju- we just finished that No Way Out show from 2000 where Big Show beats The Rock at No Way Out. I I, I don't... But I, I would hope that those days were over, you know? And that I, I would hope that, you know, the days of like... Uh... <laughs> You're arguing, way about just make it simple. There's been nothing simple about this program. Uh, John and I uh, are about to watch and review wrestlemania 26 and i'm just revealing that bret hart feud where oh god god bret comes back have you get, gotten to that gets, match yet gets gets hit not not the match but i mean just the build-up to it i'm reminded of when bret because they had so much tv time to fill man they had to play around with it to bret pretending that he got hit with a car so that he was working walking around with that ankle but all this shit to me what i'm trying to say is the more tv time they have i think the more they could fuck up a, a, a nice feud that that's already there, and I feel like that's kind of what's happening with this Becky Lynch thing. You you were very enlightening on Monday. You're always enlightening way, but especially so Monday when I was arguing that it would have been it's it was unfortunate they they had to rush this Shield reunion, and you're like, wait a minute, this is perfect. They, they didn't have time to make any problems. It's like you know what? You're right. That Shield thing was the best thing on Raw. It was a great payoff you got with the two hour build. I was interested in the match by the end of it. It was a cool story. Less is more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But for this particular match, I mean, I I think Be- Becky obviously wins. Um, do you see Ronda getting involved at some point? Oh, 100%. I, I don't think you could do this match without it. And more so, the audience, I don't think, is going to buy a finish until Ronda gets involved. You've also... It's almost like they, they've treated Becky Lynch like, like Kenny on South Park. And... <laughs> <laughs> she's been so beaten down that it almost makes it silly that she's competitive with Charlotte on Sunday. Like they have killed her. Is the idea that she's able to withstand a beating and keep coming? Is is that is and okay? Is but that, this is, is like that... a, this is like a cartoon. Like she was, she's got the bad knee. She is wrecked by Ronda on Monday. She is wrecked by Charlotte on Tuesday. Mm. She's got bad ribs, bad knee, and what? Uh, Bad arm. Bad arm. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's showing up in a body cast on Sunday and she's got to go competitively with Charlotte Flair. Like it kind of makes, I, I hope that the match is laid out to at least take this into consideration because it's, it's kind of a ridiculous setup that we have had. So this is a straight up match, not a hardcore match, right? Uh, it's just a singles match. Yeah. Um. You know, in the past, I feel like these two, like they had a great, um, evolution uh, falls can anywhere match can they have that same magic in a regular wrestling singles match I, I think the injuries are such that you have to heavily work them into the match right um I, th- I think that you it's almost like you can't ignore because there's been so much of it mm-hmm. um I, I that said i I think that this is gonna be a pretty a pretty hot match mm-hmm. but it's also kind of marred by you know you have to get Rond involved it's it is an outcome that I think everyone believes is the expected one of Becky winning and whether they're going to be feeling the need to surprise people as opposed to just getting through this and yeah. setting up the match that we are going with for WrestleMania. I would go with the latter. Just let Becky have the big babyface triumph at the end. We don't need to shock mm-hmm. people. 
And through their wrestling, I think, you know, that's that's kind of the trick in, is making people believe in those near falls where while everybody kind of already knows what the finish is. So I, I see Becky going over here. Yeah. And then the Shield, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. My question to you is if Becky is winning, are we getting two uh two big strong babyface victories on this show? I think the Shield can afford to lose. I don't think they have to win. Obviously, I think Roman coming back from leukemia probably should win. Sure. I think the only possible way you can do that um, is a Dean turn. That's that's the one and only reason you would beat the Shield in this match. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm predicting. I think we will get Dean Ambrose um, turning on the Shield one more time to lead to that match with Roman Reigns. Yeah, it's um, I, I I don't know if like a loss is is so detrimental to a Roman Reigns at this point. If it's just gets him into his WrestleMania program, um, that's how you can so do it all. here. My so my concern is that it's one of those matches where you used to see this all the time in '99, 2000, where Dean wrestles alongside them for 18 minutes, yeah, and then he turns on the team, and it makes no sense. Sure, like what have you been fighting for for 18 minutes? What had happened if Drew didn't kick out of one of your many pinfall attempts. Right, right. Now, let's. what if they book the match so that Dean doesn't tag in until the end, and then at the end, he he does his turn? Is that still satisfying of a match? There's a way to do it that you could have earlier in the night, Dean is laid out in the back, and the shield has to go in at two on three. Yeah. And then towards the end, Dean comes out, and then he turns on it, and he was fine mm. all along. He was working with the other three. There are a lot of ways it can go. Um, what's your official prediction? Uh, I I think it's hard because I don't have the perfect prediction of where Roman is going to be slotted for WrestleMania. And mm-hmm. like I'm not dying to see him against any of the three opponents in a singles capacity. No, me neither. Um, him and Dean, uh, like it's fine, but I do I do see them like not being able to help themselves of going the leukemia direction. So mm. that's my only hesitancy there. And do they? If they don't have a commitment with Dean, are we going to put him in such a prominent spot that someone else could have uh, against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which is uh, fairly big? Um, it's true. But, I mean, do you sacrifice perhaps giving you know this guy who's on his way out some publicity, or do you give Roman the best opponent, the biggest name opponent that, that you can give him for WrestleMania? And to me, that's Dean Ambrose. Yeah, Dean's a lot more interesting than Baron or Drew or Bobby Lashley on their own. Mm. Uh, definitely. So, yeah, I, I can certainly see that that Dean turn occurring. Yeah, I think I think the crowd will be really hot for this match. The Charlotte Flair and and Becky Lynch, I think they'll be really hot for as well. So, are you looking forward to the show overall? Yes, I am. I think that there's enough here that this show. I'm looking forward to it because I think, especially after Monday and Tuesday next week, I think we'll have a good idea of the the top matches at mm-hmm. WrestleMania and things will be a bit more clear. Um, and the show, th- there's the potential for some really good stuff here. Um, I think- yeah, in ring, I think it looks good. I think storyline-wise, a lot of it is is pretty skippable. Like, to me, no, nothing really has all, all too many, like, crazy ramifications. But to me, the, my main hook is to see the audience react to Roman Reigns coming out and, and having a match. I think it'll be huge. Yeah, and I mean, that's an argument against, like, you know, we've... We've got this audience behind him. Do we want to play around by beating him at the moment? Um, sure. You know, it's it's 
it's a tough argument. Like this guy's coming back so hot. Do we beat him in his first match back? Like that's to me a big risk you're taking. And what is the upside of a Drew McIntyre pinning Roman Reigns? I guess it's, you, you just don't see like the, the typically you can make out what he the WrestleMania to, card is by get, now. You're right. Cause yeah. Who's going to take the pin? I mean, Dean has to take the loss in, in that one. I suppose if it's anybody, but if he's turning on but them, if he's turning. Yeah. Well, he could take the loss and then turn, but then mm-hmm. how effective is that? Yeah. It gets, it, it's, you are muddying things as well. Like yeah. Seth, Seth can't be attacked. He's going to get screwed here by Dean, but he's got to move on to Brock the next night. Yeah. It's, um, it's not the easiest. I don't think Roman can get pinned. I don't think Seth can get pinned. I mean, the shield can still win. You could still have Dean turn that way. Or the shield wins. No, they just, and it's afterwards that Raw. Dean does his damage to them. It, like he feels he's slighted at the end that it's like Roman gets the glory spot. Maybe that's the best way to go. Cause then you're not beating Roman. Sure. And then, it's like you're not sacrificing Baron Corbin by him being beat. And then it's Dean in the aftermath feeling that he had the match won. Roman got the glory and everyone's cheering for Roman and they all forgot about him or something like that. Hmm. Like there, There's ways to get to it maybe without because I, I agree with you. I don't want to be beating Roman or Seth yeah. at the moment. So anyway, that's Fastlane. I think it's an interesting show. I don't expect a show of the year or anything like that. But I think there's enough here that, uh, you know, you get several above average performances. You could have a a good card. And I think you have heightened interest at the moment because everyone wants to figure out where the key players end up at WrestleMania. And it's not as clear as in years past. Mm -hmm. So that's coming up. Again, we will be live immediately after the show here at postwrestlingcafe.com. A link goes up during the pay-per-view that you can click on as soon as the main event is done. Way and I will be live. We'll also be taking calls and Skype calls. And then the podcast version will be up late that night. Yes. And of course, yeah. So live for Double Double Plus patrons. We're on video as well. And then uh, up as usual for free everywhere else. And finally, Wei... Uh, how are we writing you off of the show for <laughs> next week? Because Way is getting a much, much deserved vacation. Yeah, I'm going to be gone for about 10 days starting uh, next Wednesday. So that means uh, in lieu of the cafe hangout. Um, I'm going to be doing some extra shows that I'm still uh, nailing down at the moment. But I think there's going to be a lot more audio content while Way is gone. So I'm going to be trying out some new things uh, between the daily updates, but also trying to get uh, a lot more audio and other shows up in its absence i feel i would feel terrible so i hope you don't overwork yourself too much while while i'm away no i'm, I'm looking to forward take, to uh take your breaks as well doing a, a lot of this stuff but okay. uh, the only things i won't be doing are the cafe hangouts each thursday it's i will screw it up like that's what it comes no. down to i will totally screw this up uh doing a live show with calls and and guests so but we will still be, be back. We are still back with our uh, usual cafe bonuses of uh, Rewind Away, uh, WrestleMania 26. That's coming out next Friday. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, it's already out. Our latest MCU review. Me, John, and up next, Davey Portman. Take a look at Thor The Dark World. Uh, perhaps uh, maybe one of the more mm, cr- critically... Uh, I don't know, uh, dismissed uh, entries of the MCU. Some people may be considering it maybe oh, even the worst one. of the one. best quotes of all time in terms of an actor and what he thought of the end product mm-hmm. that's uh, coming up. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I'm going to need at least an hour on next week's Rewind Away to talk about this Bret Hart-Vince McMahon feud. I'm looking forward to it. And that that was the poll winner. And it also, it coincided with 
uh, Way and I doing our Bret Hart documentary leading into that show. So I think we are going to have a lot to talk about that mm-hmm. we got to experience firsthand in the lead up to that program. Bret's return, uh, going to his house. And we'll probably end up talking a lot about that documentary on this Rewind Away. So I'm kind of glad this one ended up winning the poll. I yeah. know the, the 2000 Club is not uh, ecstatic that we're doing a 2010 pay-per-view. But trust me, there will be a lot of great stuff to cover on that show. I can't wait to analyze Bruce Hart stepping over Vince McMahon. There is so much, so much to talk about on that Rewind Away, which will be up uh, a week from Friday. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you to all of our callers, to Joe LeBeau. And that is it. We'll speak with you Sunday night after Fastlane.